Welcome to the Villagers podcast. Who do we have here? <laughs> <laughs> it's Sean Cummings and Deepak. Say your last name because I can't pronounce it. Jayakrishnan <laughs> for the last See, time. <laughs> you say it so easily, Jayakrishna. And then by the <laughs> next time it comes to me, all I think of all those letters and I can't get through it. Hey, when you um, just I, imitated me, you did it right. <laughs> Jaya Krishna. Okay. That's the first time in like 12 years I've ever gotten it right. Jaya mm-hmm. Krishna. Jaya Krishna. Okay. So I I am deeply disturbed that your lone leftover kind of left-wing TV station was taken over by the richest guy <laughs> in the country and the third richest guy in the world. We sound like a microcosm of what's happening there. We literally do mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. Wow. Really? Dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the, the Gaylord family basically owned the news here forever and they were the wealthiest or we all thought they were the wealthiest family. And, and, you know, Harold Ham doesn't, doesn't do stuff like that. He just, he, he works from the inside. He's like a nuclear mm-hmm. uh, uh, bomber. And, and, you know, he's the richest guy in Oklahoma. And, and so everything that he needs happens. And that was, that was depressing, even though I was walking my dog on a beautiful morning. That was depressing. <laughs> yes, this, these are the clips I share with you when you wake up. <laughs> right. Well, here's the, here's the thing that I would ask, though. Um, what, without trying to get you in trouble, this is, I hate to say this. I'm a little apprehensive here to, to say what I actually really think. Berlusconi, the guy from Italy. You remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Media mogul. Yeah. So he was in charge there four different times since like 2008. I think I'm, I think I'm accurate there. And, uh, and he owned a media empire. And so he could, all of his advertising was free. <laughs> oh, mean, yeah. How do you, how do you compete with that? As an opposition, you really cannot. Too. How do you, like, right. you go on platforms like YouTube, Twitter, social media outlets that are right. not based in, the country are your only option to get your message out. And also, I don't know if you heard that bit about how WhatsApp has like its own community of news. Right. And some of them are just like straight up trolls and bullies who would just, and anything and everything, they'll just lump you into like a traitor, uh, Mm -hmm. a Pakistan sympathizer, that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So what we do here is, well, not we, because I'm not involved. They're doing it to me. Here, mm-hmm. Here's how I would say that. Because I, I gave a speech on Saturday and I, and I, I was, I was probably more honest than I should have been. And, and I went in and I go, Hey, last time I was going to come up here, they said I was a leftist Marxist agitator. And, <laughs> and then I've been called, right. Exactly. Yeah. I've only been a business owner 40 years, but I'm a leftist Marxist agitator. And so I go through the different things people call me. And then the people on the left all call me a Trumper and all this other stuff. So it's no better. I mean, just just so people know, it's no better. Um, And so I said, you know who calls me those kind of names? People whose ass I've kicked. (laughs) It isn't that they have a political ideology problem with me or anything else. If I've gone in and kicked their ass, they just want, he's a political ass and start making shit up. Problem is, what I understand with your guys' deal is now all media is one side or all major media is mm-hmm. one side. So you've got limited Internet. And, and, you know, I can do really good on YouTube and, and I can do even better on TikTok. I know you don't have yeah. that over there. 
that I can get to the rural communities on TikTok better than any political party can get to. What does that get me? I'm a I'm a city I'm a city <laughs> vice vice mayor. I mean, I don't I my I could walk my entire thing. <laughs> I know. I I know that you have actually knocked on every door of your constituents. That's right. Minus mine, Sean. I still remember yes. this. <laughs> well, I knew you already. <laughs> so you know what people don't understand is you have to clock that out. You got to go. I got three minutes per door. I can get this many done per day. And I'd end up hanging out with you and BS, and then we could talk for an hour, and then I'd miss thirty possible votes. And and you know mm -hmm. my election was was a landslide, which surprised even me, folks. I'm not bragging. I was surprised. Um, I figured some more people must have disliked me, or they, or she, my opponent was so bad. I think I she was. Good. It was both of us. <laughs> she was right. Yeah, <laughs> she scared the crap so, out of all. <laughs> yeah, she was awful. Bobby, how do you, so you've got this guy running that is from mm -hmm. the untouchable class. When you give the name of it and everything, Americans don't know what that means. That's why I, I wrote do. you back and I'm like, you, you got to explain this. Yeah, untouchable mm -hmm. class. So that's got to be, that's got to be an area where his version of media probably doesn't control as much. They're more WhatsApp folks. Is that, am I accurate on that? That would be right. And a lot yeah. of them are either the WhatsApp folks or the Facebook folks. That's where yeah. they get all your news. And I don't know how it works, but it's probably similar to how it is there right now, where the conglomerations took over even like local news channels. So now you don't yeah. even get right. an unbiased version of local news, which right. can be tricky at times. The newspapers, yeah. I still have a feeling they have a modicum of journalistic integrity where they do i do read stories but they're mostly like opinion pieces i don't yeah. think they're even like actually they can't even public like publish them as news stories is my guess wow. but i'll read them in opinions yeah that's how fox news legally got away with that up until january 6th stuff that's when everything went really bad for them mm -hmm. um so what we have here let me let me tell you how this turns Oklahoma was controlled basically by the Gaylord family forever. And he was the kingmaker of politics. And so USA Today bought our local newspaper. And it is fairly honest and upfront. It's, mm -hmm. it's decent. Now, now, we have all these other smaller online deals, which are probably a, a, little, a little more local and informing. But hell, I'm pretty happy with the Oklahoman right now. There's a there's there's a couple of them that are better than others with journalistic integrity, but you know you also need people to get your opinion out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a need for that, and I am pretty good at working the internet um, as far as politicians go. That that's probably my game a little better than most folks. But I mm -hmm. I can only get to a limited amount of people. Even my biggest my biggest thing politically on that would be a couple of hundred thousand people which in India wouldn't even matter. However, here, 800,000 people vote in an election. If I can get to 200,000 of them, I can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's the microcosm of what you're dealing with. But we have one TV station. What's weird is our local Fox station, Fox 25, mm -hmm. um, has two fantastic reporters there that you would never guess to be at, at Fox News because it's their local um, station. Here's mm -hmm. the problem. 
people with educations won't interview with them because they're at Fox News. And I go, no, they're local. They're different. They go, I'm not doing anything to help Rupert Murdoch, period. Uh, See, that is where I think we have to actually get on those platforms. Because you miss out on so much of the audience that you could possibly reach and convince or at least they would yeah. understand and have some sort of sympathy toward your cause. If you don't get on those channels, you're just shutting off. It's that thing I told you, right? If you call a Republican be and be like, come here, you're a superstitious idiot, of course right. he's not going to listen. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'll, get to, I'll get to what I did this weekend here in a little bit. So without getting you arrested, how does this how does this shake down because so you finally got a man of the people um and in in uh de la tierra the, of the of the streets or the or the uh i'm trying to remember the other hispanic term for it and and unfortunately a lot of those guys end up with criminal backgrounds because that's how they got out of where they were mm-hmm. so does does your person in charge right now go that route since he basically controls most of the press you know or does it even matter because those folks are like yeah so what yeah i think it's more of the latter where they're like indifferent they're like this is our it's what it takes (laughs) (laughs) this is our boss we don't cross paths whatever he says is the law of the land god it's just nuts buddy yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really and truly, I won't lie, um, I, I, that might have been a little bit too much information, but now I do want to see the movie. And um, and it kills me to see that. So um, our governor, Kevin Skitt, literally tried to defund PBS, and he wasn't defunding PBS. They have a thing called PBS NewsHour, and, mm-hmm. uh, and the local version of that does the best news stories because they can spend 15 minutes on it where everybody else Every other reporter, people need to understand, has to come up with two stories a day, every day. Yeah. And that is, sometimes there's not much going on. So you got to create two stories a day, every day. (laughs) That's when you interview the man who saved the puppy dog from the (laughs) (laughs) snake or whatever. (laughs) Running her lemonade stand and donating her money to so-and-so. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to do it to fill the airtime. I... Mm-hmm. I knew when 24-hour news came along that we were all going to struggle to fill that time. And mm-hmm. at the time, I was working for Cablevision on their newsroom, uh, working. I was either doing teleprompters or cameras. So it isn't like I didn't know how it worked. But putting together a never-ending loop of news 24 hours a day is very, very hard. Oh, yeah. Like, that was so, the downfall, like... I think it was like the post 9-11 news landscape ended up being the 24 hours rolling news where they had to show you. And the worst part was, I think over time, they highlight the most evil things that happen around you. And you kind of end up with that sense of helplessness. Like, even if I do something, how is it going to make an impact if there's so much bad shit happening that they need a 24 hour channel to cover the damn thing? (laughs) I watch Mexican news here about Mexico and it is all criminals and all this other stuff. And you go, and I mean this, I've been in Mexico hundreds of times. I've never had an issue mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. <laughs> and I know the cartels run the border areas to get all their stuff across and everything. Um, that's a whole different ball game. Most, most yeah. people aren't there. <clears throat> 
So what do you what do you do, Deepak, to help a candidate? I, I just I mean, I am I am I'm interested because I need to learn from you all to do it here. Although ours seems to be turning a little bit. You know, we mm-hmm. may may have finally gone pendulum swing all the way out to the insane right. And maybe, just maybe, we can come back. Yeah. Here, it would be so tricky, especially to unite a country with this many languages. Yeah. It is like, so say, for instance, you do end up with a candidate who is from one of the lower classes. Now, do you alienate everybody else who swings right to compensate for not having the lower caste in power? So right. how does that work at that point? Eh? And do you yeah. still kind of peg your bet on the other guy who was supposed to run as an opponent, but he's still held up in the Supreme Court's ruling to yeah. see whether he can even run or not? Because if they've sentenced him to two years of jail for right. defamation of a person's last name, how do you actually come okay, back from that? Eh? <laughs> you need you need to explain that to everyone, you know, because we're <laughs> oh the other candidate <laughs> from an audience was, standpoint, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the other candidate was a left a left wing party here, which is the Congress, right. and yeah. he apparently when he was in Bangalore, he made some remarks at a conference about certain like about somebody's last name, and. Why are people with that last name into criminal activities? Is what he implied oh. in his comment. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Even okay. paraphrasing might get me to trouble, Sean. That's why right. I'm tiptoeing around this topic. Right. Yeah. Right. So they filed a case, and the they filed a case in a state where our current leader is from. So that court oh, wow. said, "Yeah, you're sentenced to two years in imprisonment." The weird part is that the moment you get sentenced in two years in prison, you lose your um, Minister of Parliament seat. Wow. So he was sacked from Parliament. Right. So he can no longer be there. And they basically allowed him to pay bail while he fights it in the Supreme Court to figure out if he's even eligible to run. Because once you have a criminal record, you won't be allowed to run. So it depends on whether the Supreme Court upholds a lower court's ruling or does it dismiss it and say that yeah it was said more generically than what you guys are implying well, it out to be mm-hmm. well you know welcome to politics you and i, I could edit any piece any piece of film and make it look like that i had a guy send me an ai piece with our mayor in it and it looked like mm-hmm. he was making a speech and i'm like man you got to stop doing that dude you literally are opening the door for everybody else to do it, and and I and if I couldn't tell, mm-hmm. the average public the average public is in trouble, you know. Okay. So I, I'm, and maybe you know that would be my defense if I was that guy. Somebody AI generated it. They- <laughs> there's a there's a podcast called Pod Save America. It's done yeah. by these brilliant guys who used to be like the former speechwriter to Obama. Oh and wow! He's, nice. And they cover the news really intricately. And there was one right. time where they played a clip, and three of the hosts didn't know it was AI generated. They just assumed it was something Trump said. And yeah. he was right. like, "No, guys, this was an AI thing. It was this a joke." <laughs> right. God, 
Yeah, I mean, we're, I wonder we're there. how that is. Like, okay, so in India, if you're sharing clips like that on WhatsApp, yeah. if you're in a rural town, how do you even know? Are you aware of what AI is able to do? Are you able to yeah. decipher whether that is the actual person or just something else? Yeah. Or do you just send the mob after them? I don't, I, you know. I, 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 what concerns me over there is you guys seem to have a mob mentality where they go kill a bunch of people. Now over here, our mob mentality is they just go vote stupidly, you know, and <laughs> ours has more long-term consequences. You know, you kill a bunch of people and it, it ends and everybody goes, man, maybe we shouldn't have done that. No, ours is, we got four years of idiots. Um, we, we have got, I mean, we, we've got issues here and ours is Christian nationalism is what we are up against. And uh, and in the Bible Belt, that is really hard to argue against yeah. because we have 80 percent Christians here. Now, what I caught from your guys's deal is you've got anti-Muslim sentiment, which is which is easy in most parts of the world. You know, all you, you got to do is if they're in a, in a minority. And I hate to see that because most Muslims I know are pretty damn good. So I mm -hmm. I, I, I hate that. But what has changed with that in America is, I, and I, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this. So I got a brother-in-law, his name's Muhammad. You know, obviously he's mm -hmm. Muslim. And, um, and every time a terrorist news story would come on, he would say, oh God, I just hope they're, hope they're not Muslim. Now I say that now, I'm looking going, God, tell me it's not some old white guy. Please just mm -hmm. tell me it's not. And so that whole script has changed. And now we're dealing with people who look like me that that are doing just really weird shit, but they're getting terribly manipulated, terribly. Mm -hmm. And and I don't, I mean, how do you solve that? Yeah. See, this you is know, where I don't I, know. you and I will go back to our usual point of education's yeah. the only way to get any country kicking and screaming dragged into the 21st second <laughs> century whatever the hell is going on <laughs> yeah. so my challenge is um let me is it okay if i tell you the story about stuff i did this weekend sure, okay sure. so i'm at i'm at two different speaking events and i am the lone democrat at two different speaking events and one of them is you know you would think it's it's um it's providing children information to be able to basically see what a sexual predator is, even if they're operating, trying to get one of your friends so you can keep them away from it. You know, you can mm -hmm. see it, you can visualize it, you can turn them in, you can say something. Everybody in the state of Oklahoma is required, required to um, go to law enforcement if they're informed by a kid, but they don't. And, and that's why it perpetuates. But I am there with the most right-wing folks that I have seen in the House of Representatives in Oklahoma. And a couple mm -hmm. of them I knew back when they were normal and they were running like for Congress and stuff. And But to keep a, a House seat, meaning a House of Representatives, or a Senate seat here, they got to be all the way out right-wing. And, um, and, you know, I gave a great speech. It was great hanging out with all of them. But I'm sure as soon as I left, <laughs> they're all very respectful to me because I've, mm -hmm. I've got a pretty good track record at this point uh, of taking people out. And and I'm, I'm glad to be on the same side as them on this one. But I did mm -hmm. have this big old bald guy, literally, that um, worked security for Ryan Walters, the school guy that I always end up fighting against. 
telling me about conspiracy theories that the federal government is trying to use COVID money to buy back land for the federal government called like 3030. And he kept looking at me and I'm like, I know, I know what it is. And all I really was thinking is, oh dear God, I can't get these two minutes back. And I didn't say that because he was being polite, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was just trying to talk to me about, um, about policy and stuff. And, and I was like, yeah, but I, you lost me when you when you did the 30-30 thing. And so I, I can't come back from that. If you're espousing conspiracy theories, I just can't have anything to do with you. You know, there's there's no reason. So the reason I bring that up is I go to my second event, which is a, it's called OK2A, OK Second Amendment. And these are, everybody, you know, half of them wear guns in the place and all this other stuff. And I don't care. I mean, I literally don't care. Um, the only thing that, that I would like him to do is, you know, concealed weapons is smarter. People don't know you have it. So um, I'm speaking there and this guy gets up and asks me a question and he's wearing a, a badge that's not a police badge or an FBI badge, just a fucking badge. And I hate that with people because it gives you the illusion that they mm -hmm. are of law enforcement and they're not. He's selling some fucking insurance, literally insurance for gun owners who shoot somebody at their house. But he's got the right pants and he's got mm -hmm. the right holster and a gun and a badge and he's not a cop. How is that not illegal? No. At least it should have like a hat that says <laughs> Halloween costume. I'm not real. <laughs> <laughs> so he stands up and we're talking about schools and he's like, you school safety, you gotta do this with safety and safety and safety. So. He is what I would say is the problem. He's selling insurance for people to shoot people, and then they, they get automatic lawyers is what it is. That does not mean you get a good lawyer. But he has his one tool on his belt, which is a gun. So everything needs to be solved with that one tool, a gun. A carpenter only has a hammer and nails. Everything is solved with hammer and nails. You know, a tile guy, a tile saw cuts everything. I, I hate that mentality. And so... He said his spiel and he goes, nobody can learn anything in schools until they're safe. And I was like, well, I mean, we had this crazy presidential candidate named H. Ross Perot, real super rich guy. But what he said is he goes, now, look, what you really need are local schools. Now, you got some kids that are totally fine. You got other kids that need more attention and everything else. Really small local school solves that whole problem. Because the only reason you need 2,000 or 4,000 people in school is because you're trying to win a football championship. It's got nothing to do with school. It's got to do with 11 bigger guys so you can win a district or a state championship. And I, I was probably right. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I go through this deal, and I don't know if you would say the same thing for India. I go, look, the biggest problem in America is we are still putting out people that can't read. And in this society right now, you have to be able to read. And it's not changing. Telephones aren't changing. Computers aren't changing. Tablets aren't changing. If you order in a shitty fast food restaurant, you have to be able to read. Yeah. So I go, how about we do, you, do, you, do you know what SEAL Team 6 was? They were the ones that killed Osama bin Laden. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what Daniel called. So I'm like, how about we do the SEAL Team 6 of reading? We get the 100 best reading teachers in the state. They go on a couple of buses with the best equipment to the schools where we have the worst reading. And find out what's actually wrong. Because usually it's something wrong, like your eyes move different ways. Um, your your favorite ex-employee, my son Kyle, his yeah. eyes, he was, a, he was a good athlete because his eyes would, like if you were a baseball or cricket, you could see the pitcher. 
and you could see mm -hmm. first base. Yeah. But what you have to do for reading is you got to bring them back together and retrain them to move at the same time. Mm -hmm. And once we did that, he was totally fine. But a whole bunch of these kids, in, especially in poor schools, don't have mm -hmm. access to any of this. So just let them keep passing through. And yeah. where do they end up, Deepak? Where do people that can't read end up? In jail. Prison or in... <laughs> <laughs> it's in jail. Oh, as the political minions of another party. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I roll through this whole room and I turn everybody. And they're like, well, God, he's, he's not a leftist liberal and all this stuff. He's worried about people reading. And you go, yes, but mm -hmm. if I didn't go into that room, which very few Democrats would be willing to do because they think they're going to be shot, which... Those or those meetings are more organized and more polite than any Democratic meeting I've ever been to. Now, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean they agree with you, but you got to talk yeah. to them. You got to be willing to talk to them. So how does your guy, not your guy, I can't say that. How does your your man from the lowest class get into the rooms with the upper class to talk to him in a way that they can hear? Because he's got to have them. I don't know whether we have that much mobility and access to that side of the community. I don't know yeah. whether it's still that unified, Sean, where these guys will ever find yeah. themselves in the same room. Ah, crazy. It It is weird when you think about it because it, okay, so he, say, appeals to some of the states that do have a larger or a slightly larger percentage of lower class people. The problem right. is that everybody with land and power in those states are probably from the upper classes and are already yeah. in some sort of political office. So when right. you try to unseat them, how do you combat whatever privileges that they say that they're going to give to the same voters that yeah. they might not deliver on, but they managed to convince them that, hey, we're from the upper class. You should listen to us. Why are you voting right. for that guy? Yeah. You guys he doesn't know party. anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it ends up becoming tricky when you look at it that way as to mm. how to even unify a country that is so enormous, in all honesty. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the sheer vastness is what gets me. What does it cost to run a campaign in a place with two billion people? Because our last elections cost over a billion dollars on per candidate, like, like Joe Biden's guys spent a billion dollars, for God's sakes. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's roughly. See, th that is what I don't understand. It probably costs around the same in India to run for like the highest office in the land. But yeah. how are they justifying that much of spending on these campaigns to get into office when that kind of money is not even available for helping certain poor communities in the same country? Yeah, I, I, I mean, would say the same thing. Mm hmm. I'm for government um, paid for campaigns. I like the way that England does that. Very little mm -hmm. I like about the, their government style, but I like that. And you give each one of them a certain amount of money and they have to budget so you can see yeah. whether they can manage money. Certain because amount of money is, and yeah, also a amount of fixed money. amount of time. Like it's just two yeah. months. 30 you days. Better, yeah. yeah, 30 days. Better do all your shit in this. But the right. weird part and something that I did notice which was happening, which I've never seen with any of the previous, I think, prime ministers in India, is where any of the foreign visits being politicized and used in campaign ads. If right. you um yeah. yeah, if you're meeting with foreign leaders as part of 
just your regular day job. It's the job, how, right? It's the, yeah. How do you use that to like? I guess it also comes down to the education and people seeing that oh, our leader is meeting with these foreign leaders, so he must be doing a great right. job. If you're in a village, that's all you're going to see and be like, okay, I'm going to vote for that guy because I saw him with yeah. so many foreign leaders over the past year. But if you're using those things as political campaigns as well, how do you actually segregate the man from the office and from that kind of power that it brings? Right. So the way I would come back to you on that, having worked in politics and not knowing the Indian environment, so I'm not acting like I do, is mm -hmm. um, you guys are, seem to be a brand-driven country right now. Are the people oh, yeah. that are more affluent are brand-driven. So Macron is a brand. Joe Biden is a brand. So mm -hmm. he's identifying himself with brands. Mm -hmm. And that fits into the marketing campaign of a growing country right now. Oh, yeah. Because it makes I know. you How seem crazy like you are uh, rubbing shoulders with the fellow superpowers oh, yeah. and it gives you a boost in your own ego, confidence, yeah. whatever you like to say that. And that's where I always lean on what George Carlin says. Like, yeah. be happy. Don't be proud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and I and I really mean this because what I remember from Gandhi's history is he came to America. And nobody nobody went to the hotel to go see him. No. Mm -hmm. And he took it as a huge insult. Modi rolls over here and Joe Biden gives him the A treatment, the gold treatment. Oh, yeah. And that tells you you have arrived. And it tells somebody you have arrived. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how that carries through to Indians. That would be for you to say, but to Indian Americans, that means something. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the whole uh, howdy that they had in Texas where they filled a stadium for him to talk? Yeah, a stadium, yeah, but literally. Yeah, a stadium. I think it does actually appeal to the really nationalist part of the Indian mentality. Because yeah. some right. of them seem to be like super, like, proud yeah and it's the other day i actually was asked to switch to a local language because this guy didn't want to speak to me in english uh, yeah that's fair and so i did switch. plus you sound like plus you sound like <laughs> a british prick <laughs> i mean you do speak proper bbc english he's like not only is he indian he's a prick <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's one way to get people to stop talking to me. <laughs> right. That's yeah. that is interesting, and and you know, Deepak, I get the occasional thing. You know, people people literally are like, "Yeah, you are the oppressors," and I go, "Are you familiar with Irish history whatsoever?" I'm <laughs> I'm really you you are blaming the wrong guy now. <laughs> thousand years ago, yes, I was, but that's got nothing to do with you guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, they and and they don't know the differences between the different um basically countries within the british empire <laughs> you just go no oh, yeah. we were we were the oppressed we just looked like them <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't care so it's not a it's not a color thing with the english they hate everybody and oppress everybody it's <laughs> <laughs> shit i don't um so what'd you do so you switched to whatever his dialect was and was he fine yeah. then or was he Okay. He was okay, but I, super condescending. And I just gave up and I just put in my headphones and I was like, David, if you're not even interested in listening when I'm making an effort to speak, I don't know what your problem is. And yeah. <laughs>
I think we've got, I, I think, so I, I did a video this weekend and I said, I feel like things are changing here. I mean, I've been invited into rooms that would never have invited me before. And, and I think they may be studying me to figure out some way to get me. And, uh, and I'm okay with that too. And, and I, cause I don't mind. I, I, if I can get into the room, I can win it over. And, mm -hmm. and hopefully people see who the people are that are going out. So, you know, from tribal, like your, your guy there that wanted you to speak his language to him, you go from a tribal perspective, I understand where he's from, but mm -hmm. I want to buddy up with the person that knows how to speak the dialect of the people I've got the issues with. Yep. Usually your local friends think the same way you do. So you don't really have to convince them. Mm -hmm. But you got to figure out a way to talk to either your enemy, your business trading partner or something along that lines. And you obviously have gone well out of your way to learn <laughs> another language that was once the world's biggest power. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you, you go, well, I don't I refuse to speak in that language. And you go, that is the language of money in the entire world. Yeah, that is the Gaelic one thing I try to... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be like you promoting Irish Gaelic right now and refusing to talk to me because you're like, no, I will converse with you only in Gaelic. And I'm like, Sean, yeah. there are probably like 30 of us in this world who can use Skype and speak Gaelic, so leave us alone. <laughs> it's a very small group, and I'm probably related to every damn one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just doesn't, whether I like it or not, that's the best thing um, the empire brought to Ireland was, was a change of language. And, and you know, the Irish, you, we get the nationalist Irish, they're like, yeah, but I don't believe this, 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 and you go, yeah, but we can do business all over the world. And before that, we could sell England shit. And that was it. That was our one customer. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't like the price, they would just take it from us and kill us. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that's your best price? It's, uh, it, there's something to be said for the, the person willing to step out of that thing. And then my guess in Oklahoma now and, and the the left of the left people that always keep trying to throw me out of the party and shit are, are probably like, see, he's going to Republican gatherings. He's going to switch to being a Republican. He's going to do this. And you go, no, just trying to talk to people. Yeah. There was you, one you, time you, that somebody asked me whether you were going to switch to a Republican. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, dude, yeah. have you met Sean? <laughs> yeah. I, well, here's the thing. Would it be easier? Could it? But my career is not, not politics. My career yeah. is I own restaurants. I mean, yeah. if, if I wanted to do it as a career, I probably yeah. would have down here because that's who's in power. Yeah. If I was in Missouri, my hometown, oh, God, no, I'd stay a Democrat because I can speak the language of the working man. I was in two different unions. I did that <laughs> shitty work and I had bosses shit on us, but I also had great ones that paid us a ton of money. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I do have both views on it. And I usually can speak to people that are business owners. Yeah. yeah every once in a while do i piss them off yeah i do but that's okay you know i don't mind hey I, i'm gonna send you a video of this guy the two people that tried to keep me out of the meeting and this preacher talking about me in my no. slew of profanity ah ah i blush <laughs> <laughs> so oh, right the best thing people have out of me is well he he cusses and i go yes i do I speak like a pub owner. <laughs> I don't get exactly. <laughs> in, like right in now, front when, of the, right, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say right now, like when people hear me talking and I'm swearing, 
They're like, how is it that your swearing has increased this much? I was like, oh, man, I, I hang around a pub. I have Sean around. Yeah. <laughs> I have Alex around. They're all potty-mouthed yeah. little creatures. <laughs> Frustration. It's, you know, here's the thing. The F word can be a noun, a verb, a pronoun. It can be an adjective and an adverb. It is the most usable word there is, so I take advantage of that. <laughs> and look, over here, we still have a First Amendment right to freedom of speech. It does not say that I cannot be profane. It doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I am still freedom following the Freedom of speech does include the other one. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't I, I am curious to see where you guys go on all of this stuff and and are the elections already fixed? You know, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but yeah. if the richest guy in the country bought the last radio the last TV station, it looks pretty fixed from over here. And that is not Deepak saying that that's me. <laughs> am I still going to be able to get a visa? Hopefully, Sean, hopefully I'm trying to get you blocked, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get a visa, man. So explain to me before we go uh, about YouTube over there. So the news organizations have moved to YouTube, which I don't know how YouTube viewership works over here, but it's obviously a bigger thing over there. Okay. So is that is that your competitor for WhatsApp? Is people going to YouTube? Yes. So YouTube right now has like independent journalists who are posting their clips on there, which mm -hmm. certain people certain officials say that oh that's all just fake news because it's on youtube right so they kind of have a way of like brushing it aside and saying yeah that's just made up news you'll need to listen to the actual tv channels that we post news right. from. and it's just a weird way where this guy wow. well yeah the name of the documentary is um i don't even know if i'm allowed to say it while we watched it <laughs> and the only way yeah, that while we were watching able... yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and the only way he's able to generate money and put out articles is through his YouTube channel where YouTube right. just pays him because he has the same monetization yeah. shit that we go through from time to time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. The less wow. than a minute, by the way. <clears throat> okay. Well then take us out, my friend. It was good to talk to you. Hopefully nothing bad happens after this episode. <laughs> hey, give me a rate. Right. Yeah. No shit. I, I, I am trying to be careful and I hope, I hope people can understand that. And it's rare for me. I know this is the most this is the least sworn conversation that we've ever had <laughs> well I don't want you to end up in jail and I don't have anybody to talk to over there I know <laughs> all right well, buddy take us out real quick well that was the villagers podcast hopefully we don't get into any trouble you can leave all your mean comments on YouTube and Spotify <laughs> <laughs>